Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to the Game Changers podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers. I have such a powerful episode for you today. Honestly, this was such an insightful episode, even for me, which is such a weird, just paradox, because the person I'm sitting down with today, Nina Marinaro, who is a lawyer turned absolute powerful entrepreneur, She was actually one of the students of SBA uh, last year, but it was such an amazing experience for me to sit down with her because I actually was learning so much from her that I didn't even know myself. And I think that's just such a beautiful, just representation of how every single person can be a teacher. And when you open yourself up to knowledge and to collaboration, you really can learn from anyone. And we all are in this industry really to, I know it sounds cliche, but change the world. And I love that we can support one another from all different angles and from all different levels. And I just absolutely loved this episode. So Nina is an absolutely incredible, as I said, a lawyer turned absolute powerhouse entrepreneur. Specifically, what she does is she helps female entrepreneurs step into the role of the CEO in their business by taking care of all of those things that maybe we don't initially think about, like the legalities of our business or the systems or the structures or how we can protect ourselves. And in this episode, we really dive deep into all of those different things. I will say that when I I started really treating my business like a business. Not only did my income grow, but also my happiness grew. And you know, I'm all about being happy. The reason being is because I was truly able to concentrate my time and effort on the things that brought me joy. So if you find that you are someone who's just spending way, way, way too much time working in your business and not really getting to operate within your zone of genius, this is the episode for you. So I could ramble on about the episode for hours and about how much I love it, or I could just let you listen to it. So let's go with the latter. I really hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you do reach out to myself and Nina online. Take a screenshot of this episode. If you are listening, we would totally appreciate to see that you're hanging out with us today. Everybody and welcome back to the Game Changers podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down with one of my good friends and someone who just I absolutely love and admire online, Nina. She has such beautiful content. You are going to just fall in love with everything she does. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Nina. 
Thank you so much for that warm introduction. You're making me blush. I'm oh so excited God. to be here. Stop, stop. So I have so much stuff I want to tuck in. Oh my gosh. Can I just say that I was going through your content before this? I mean, I've been following your content, obviously, but I was like particularly going through it before to see what areas we could really focus on for this chat. You inspired me so much. I was like redoing my calendar. I was like, I don't know. I just had this whole new sense of vitality today in my business. And I am someone who's pretty organized. I don't know how you did it. You just made me want to like fully step up in my business. So I want to thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that compliment. That's actually one of my goals is to just help people feel more organized. I know I'm a lawyer, so I bring that perspective in, but one of my skill sets, I guess, that like I've just, I don't know, I just wish I could be a professional organizer, not like a house organizer like Marie Kondo, but a business organizer. So thank you for that compliment. Hey, that they have a whole Netflix series on people going into people's houses and organizing stuff. I am sure that soon they will have like the equivalent in the entrepreneurial world. <laughs> Let's start it. That's a Shark Tank idea or a Shark Tank worthy show. So me and you, you heard it here first. <laughs> copyright it. Nina will do it after this. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so it would be amazing if you could kind of, because obviously you are so incredibly multifaceted. There's so many parts to what you do, who you are. So it'd be great if you could kind of go through your story a little bit. Obviously you're a lawyer, but you're also an entrepreneur. You're also spiritual. There's so many just different parts to you. And I would love for you to kind of go and explain your journey of how you really got to where you are today to the audience. Awesome. So yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Erin was actually my very first business coach, my very first touch point into the online entrepreneurship space. So I actually owe you so much credit for everything that you taught me. Um, And it just goes to show that like when you invest in yourself, when you invest in a coach or a program, it's the gift that keeps on giving if you show up and you go into every opportunity with like the viewpoint of turning it into an opportunity. So you get what you get out of it. Like you get what you put into it. I mean, so thank you so much. But um, prior to that, I was obviously a lawyer throughout law school. I was always practicing yoga. So I always had that kind of um, other view of the world. I always felt like I had one foot in 3D reality and one foot in 5D reality. And for everybody who is on that like woo-woo path, you probably feel me on that. So I felt very out of place all throughout law school, even though I felt like I was excelling at it. And I got my dream job after law school with my best friend, which was a lobbying job. So it was our job to literally network and negotiate with people all day, every day. And it just didn't feel aligned. And I thought, you know, now looking back, I can understand why, because real estate developers and icky politicians are not my ideal clients, but I didn't know that. I didn't have that vocabulary back then. So I suffered from burnout and I quit my job in January, 2018. I was traveling. And along the way, when I was traveling, I was I knew I wanted to start a business, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was thinking maybe doing like mindfulness for lawyers. And actually when I was working with Erin last January in 2019, when I first like seriously started my business, I was pursuing that niche. Um, I quickly, you know, felt like even that wasn't aligned for me. And one of the reasons why I was able to 
see that is because I was networking with just other online entrepreneurs and hearing their struggles. They would struggle to get paid. They were, they didn't have contracts. They didn't have any access to a lawyer. They were confused about, you know, if I'm in the U.S. and I have a client in Australia, what do I do? So there was just so many questions that were popping up. And so in my human design, I'm a projector. And that means you kind of need to like wait to be invited to pursue an idea. And so I felt very invited by the world by my new network um, to step into this role of being a lawyer for online entrepreneurs. And so my digital um, niche-specific contract shop was born. I have contract templates for online entrepreneurs. And then from that experience, working with a lot of online entrepreneurs, I got to see the insides of all of their businesses and saw how it was not, you know, they weren't coming at their business from the viewpoint of a CEO with different departments of their business, with any kind of organization for their business, because I get to see the back end of everybody's business. And even, you know, I was able to compare it to all of my years as an ex- of experience as a lawyer and lobbyist in New York. And so that's where my business mentorship program, CEO Skills, was born. And with my free content, even I try to go in depth, give a lot of value with those kinds of topics, like how to organize your business, structure it for sustainable success, and how to like negotiate contracts, step into your CEO shoes and all of that. Oh, I love it so much. And I can seriously confirm that your services are amazing. All of my legal stuff is done by Nina and I love it. The whole experience was amazing, but there's so much that I want to unpack from your story, but if it's okay, can we start with going back to what you said with both the experience of lobbying and both the experience of the first business that you did start, because, you know, that's totally, totally, totally natural for people to shift, whether it's out of a career, whether it's in their business, like the evolutions and the transformations are a part of the human experience, I believe. And it's totally okay to obviously follow these intuitive nudges as many people are these days. But what I would like to ask you in particular is when you say I was feeling out of alignment, can you describe a little bit more about what that experience was like, both maybe from a sort of mental thinking perspective and also maybe from a spiritual emotional perspective? The reason I ask this is I feel so many people have that intuitive urge, like this isn't right for me, either in their business or in their careers, but we're so out of touch with our intuition that they don't know whether it's just Am I being influenced? Is this just fear? Is that just a, you know, outlandish idea that I've maybe seen on social media? Like what does being out of alignment with your path actually look like? That's a really great, great question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that before, but for me personally, what it looked like was knowing, like having this deep gut feeling that I'm meant for more, that I'm you know, waiting to kind of find what my thing is, right? Like what the thing I excel is um, at. And I, you know, this is, it was weird for me because my whole life I was planning to become a lawyer. I got a full scholarship to law school. I landed my dream job and I was still feeling unfulfilled. And so how that was manifesting in my body, in my energy was me, you know, going out at night for happy hour and drinking with my friends rather than focusing on my personal development like I was doing during law school when I had more free time, as weird as that sounds, I still had free time in law school, um, to kind of like focus on personal development and, you know, focus on my 
spiritual practices and rituals and yoga and things like that. It also was manifesting in me just being super irritable. It manifested in me not wanting to show up fully for clients, procrastinating a lot. And that was just some of the ways that I knew that it wasn't meant for me. And I was actually spending a lot of time on my phone, like looking at this online world, seeing all these people have location independent businesses. And I never had the opportunity to travel. I mean, I know it sounds like first world problems, but for someone who worked my whole life to have this quote unquote successful job, and I wasn't even able to afford a vacation, let alone, I didn't even have more than like five days off for the year. And I never even, I never even took a day off in my first three years working. So all that stuff just kind of made me feel like I, you know, was meant for something more. So how it started for me was I just put the idea out there. I put the idea out there that I want to start my own business and I would brainstorm all these different things, just journaling to try to figure out what it would be. But you can't force your way. You can't think your way into starting a business. Mm -hmm. It has to kind of come to you as that intuitive hit. And it takes a long time. Like I had started thinking about starting my own business back in 2016. And it wasn't until May of 2019 that I officially stepped into this role as I'm Nina, the lawyer for online entrepreneurs. So it takes time, but then it also takes like just a one second decision. Like, okay, no, I'm going to quit my job or, okay, no, I know I could do this. I'm going to, you know, start my website. I'm going to start my blog or whatever it is. Right. So it's a really long time leading up to it of you, you know, tuning into your intuition. And then it's just a one second decision, like a present moment, just insight. And then you just decide this is who I am now. Yeah. And what's your advice? I love that so much because I love that you actually described that it is both like those intuitive hits and those decisions that you make, but then also honoring the divine timing of the journey. Like even when those decisions are made, it's still going to take time to fully integrate into your experience. But what's your advice to people who are starting a business and they still feel like this isn't the thing? Because I can even say that I have changed obviously so much in my business since I have started. And as I mentioned to you before we started recording, like it really is an evolution. It is a process, but I know also so many entrepreneurs who they've started a business and maybe they're having some success or maybe they're not having success at all, but they're just so afraid of making that pivot. And I guess maybe it comes from judgment or maybe it comes from, I don't want to lose everything I've built, but what's your advice to people who kind of they know that the business that they're in isn't the thing, as you said, but they just don't have the courage yet to just kind of burn it all down and start again. So and again, another great question. And for me, the way that that happened was I started to network with the people around me. You know, I do happen to be a more network minded person because, you know, of my experience coming from a lobbying field where I was, it was my job to network with people every day. But even before that, I would always look at the world through the lens of opportunity. And that's how I encourage you to do as well. So even if you say, oh, well, no one's asking me for advice on anything, or I don't have anyone to kind of um, tell me what I'm good at, you do, you just have to look at the world through the lens of opportunity and make the most out of the group programs you're in, make the most out of the Facebook groups that you're in if you're not like investing in any coaching or mentorship or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm a firm believer of you, 
your network is your net worth, as cheesy as that sounds, and it's really up to you. No one's going to invite you to be part, you know, you have to kind of be approachable. You can't appear all shut off. Like you have to go into every opportunity looking to make it an opportunity that is a return on your investment. And with that said, you know, I was able to, in the Facebook groups I'm in, with my friends in the program that I took with you, Simply Business, back in May, um, January of 2019, my other friends in that program were coming to me with questions about contracts and things like that. And so it, it like I said, invited me to make that pivot. And so it was a lot easier for me. I didn't have to think too hard about it. My other business was already not inspiring me. I was running out of content. It's not like I was making sales, right? I probably made like $400 in total in that business. So it was really easy for me to personally decide, you know what, I'm going to go with what people are asking me. It's, you know, the path of least resistance. And so I didn't think too much about it. I just went with the flow. And I think that's how it might feel once you just stop overthinking it. Yeah. And I love that, that sometimes, obviously, again, our society is so in the like, stick to things, stick to, you know, even if you're not happy, just, just stick it out and it will work. But what I'm really hearing from what you were saying is it's almost like the universe kind of knows the path that we're supposed to be on. And I'm not saying that it's going to not give you the success if you're not in alignment. But what I heard really is that the path you are truly, truly supposed to be on, it will be frictionless. Like it will kind of the steps will fall into place much easier than if you're trying to push towards something that isn't really lighting you up. Right. And I do want to clarify that it's, you know, the past of least resistance, but it's not the path of no, no resistance, resistance and no obstacles because I still had the same struggles as an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, I did get a couple of clients in the beginning, but then things were inconsistent. And literally a year ago today, it's October um, 2020 when we we're recording this, October 2019, I was investing so much time into my contract template shop without really you know, I had to do the work up front before people were buying it. And there was a point in my business where I had $300 to my name, like not in my business bank account, like in my actual bank account. Mm -hmm. And so I just trusted the universe. I kept going. And then later that month, I got a couple of collaborations that, that gave me a couple, you know, more exposure. And from there, it was like a exponential growth snowball effect where now I'm at the point where I can say, you know, for the people who do judge based on monetary, you know, gains, those milestones, I just hit six figures a year later. So you do have to still, you know, there will be time where you have that friction. But again, that's why I really emphasize um, organizing your business from the get go, focusing on those other departments of your business when you're not making sales and stuff. This way, when you do start to get that traction, if you do keep going with what, you know, your passionate about what you really believe is your journey, um, things will start to come to you if you just, just trust, keep going, keep going. Yeah. I love that. That's one thing that I really wanted to speak to you about in particular was those areas of business that I feel like maybe a lot of early entrepreneurs don't focus on. You know, you talk a lot about CEO skills and, systems and I've even seen you speak about team and things like that. And I know it can be really intimidating for someone who is starting to realize that there is this whole other world outside of just putting content onto the internet. But 
Can we maybe talk about that a little bit more? Like let's dig in specifically to what are CEO skills? And maybe if you could even just share your like top three things that people should focus on in the beginning to have a more like quote unquote serious approach to business. Awesome. So, you know, I, my framework for inside, you know, what I teach about CEO skills is I divide my business into five main departments, which I'll get to in a second. And that helps you generate CEO skills, which to me are the skills like taking a bird's eye view of your business and being able to see how all the moving parts go together without necessarily having to do all the day-to-day and minute tasks. Another CEO skill is being able to weigh business investments, knowing what to invest your time in, what to invest your money in, right? Being able to decide with intention, oh, I'm going to invest in this mentor, in this coach, or oh, I'm going to invest in this team member. Being able to figure out what to DIY, what to delegate, and being able to go from like being really overwhelmed to at least feeling organized enough that you can create a seamless or as seamless as you can process to integrate team members or integrate systems so that you can kind of standardize results and experiences. And then you can like create more time to focus on how you're showing up as a community leader, as a team leader, because that's what the CEO really does at the end of the day. So the five departments that I say everybody should have in their business are marketing, sales, admin, which is like your legal and financial, and then systems. So that's like your operations department, um, figuring out workflows, et cetera. And then your leadership department, which is that community leadership, you know, uh, making sure that you have proper DEI training, diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, making sure that you are um, a good team leader, making sure that you're not just like the head bitch in charge, right? So um, those are the five main departments that I break down into my business. And then you can focus on those things in a few different ways. Um, You know, I feel like you talk a lot about calendar batching and all those productivity hacks and prioritizing and that to me would all fall under like systems department tasks is taking those CEO days making sure that you're organized and things like that Um, and then with that you can really make sure that with your calendar batching with your prioritizing when you look at your business over the scope of a year you're hitting on all those departments so that they're all growing to whatever degree they need to be in your business yeah I love that so much what okay so If it's okay, if you don't mind, if we can tuck into those a little bit more. And I know obviously you have an incredible, incredible program, which we'll definitely talk about in just a little bit. But I think I'm just coming from, I know obviously I have my perspective on this, but I'm coming from some people in my audience who are so new to entrepreneurship and they're listening to this and being like, whoa, that feels really overwhelming. Like I need to have all these hats. I need to wear all these different things. Like I know the way you're describing it isn't like that, but does this mean that someone in the beginning needs to be hiring a bunch of team to manage all of these areas? Like what would a week of implementing all of these areas look like for someone who is just starting out? So great question. Not at all. It does not at all mean that you need to have all of these things at your business in your business right now what it really means is that you need to have your version of these departments for whatever stage of your business that you're at even if it's the beginning stage even if it's a really advanced seven figure multiple seven figure stage so if you're at the beginning stage thinking about like your team maybe it's taking once a week or once a month to audit 
your tasks and see what you're spending a lot of time on that's not revenue generating or seeing what's giving you a lot of resistance, seeing what's adding a lot of stress and making a list, you know, for, okay, as soon as I can make X amount of money, I'm going to invest in a VA or someone to do this for me, right? So just planning out who you're going to hire is a big piece and big obstacle of hiring people that no one teaches you about. So that's something that you can do as a beginner um, stage entrepreneur. And the way that you can even get there is through tracking your time. I use a free app called Toggle. It's a Google Chrome plugin. And it allows me to take like a realistic view at how long I'm taking to do things, right? So that's one way to kind of focus on your team building department, even if you're like a day one entrepreneur. Yeah. And then when you say, so I want to talk in particularly to the legal side of things as well, because this, I know, obviously I have worked with so many people and I'm going to put my hand up and say, first of all, I will admit that I was one of those entrepreneurs in the beginning that was like, eh, contracts, template, like all of that, not so important. I mean, I'm going to admit that I did get my first uh, terms and conditions off of the internet of the Australian Big Up website. So legal, but sketchy still. Um, <laughs> so what are those areas of the legality, legality side of things that people should really be focusing on again, to have a better handle on the serious side of their business in the beginning? So great question. I, I feel like I said that after every question, you're an outstanding interviewer. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, a great thing for you to prioritize when you're thinking about your legal department is just a basic one-on-one -on -one client contract, assuming that's your first offering. If your first offering's a course, then invest in, in like a product, digital product terms and conditions, which is essentially the contract for the course download, right? Invest in a really good contract for that interaction, even if it's a free quote unquote product, which I'll get to in a second, because just with that one contract, with that one piece of paper, you can avoid certain liabilities. You can make sure that people hold up their end of the bargain. And even if you don't have like a business entity, so in the US we call it an LLC or an S Corp, or I'm not sure what they call it in, you know, a LC or whatever P it's P called. PTYLTD here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if it's, you know, you don't need one of those right away day one, you can invest in that, you know, your first year, your second year. But it's really important that at first, at least you have that contract. So you even should use one in a beta relationship because it's not just about the exchange of money. It's about the exchange of energy and time. And you want to make sure they show up on time. You want to make sure that they are giving you something in exchange that it's an even energy exchange, even if it's for like a testimonial or honest feedback, because even I have made the mistake of like offering free beta client things and the people never show up. They never consume the course content. And I'm like, well, I could have given that spot away to someone else who would have really appreciated it, you know, rather than someone who kind of just like half-assed it. And yeah. even, you know, your intellectual properties, so your content, your ideas, your frameworks, you want to protect all that as well. And you need a contract for that. So it's really important to have a contract. I do have like a very beginner friendly contract in my shop called the it's the mini contract it's like the, the client term sheet and that is what i say is perfect for beta relationships you know assuming you're like oh my god nina i'm dying for one of your contracts like you know no no harm if you don't want to get one for me but just letting you know that there are options for you if you do want like an intro level contract that's not overwhelming that is perfect for these kind of like one-off strategy sessions or beta relationships like you know there are options for you 
if you do want, you know, some kind of protection for those beta relationships or those free skill swaps or those short-term strategy sessions or whatever your intro level products are, there's definitely contracts that you can have in place that aren't overwhelming to either you or the other person and will be a great option for you even if you're just doing it quote unquote for free. For sure. And I don't want to like scare tactic anyone here, but just to be to bring awareness and light to the situation, like what are the, some of the potential dangers that could happen to new entrepreneurs if they don't have the proper contracts, the proper terms and conditions and uh, the proper sort of legalities in their business? Like what are some of the potential risks that they run? So there's a few. And again, this is not to harm you or make you feel afraid, but this is more so to empower you, to allow you to understand what you're getting into. If you don't have a contract, there's a couple of things that could go wrong. Number one, you wouldn't have disclaimers. So for example, if you are a life coach, you wouldn't have a disclaimer that clearly states like, I'm not your therapist, right? If you're a health coach, you wouldn't have something that says, I'm not your doctor. If you're a business coach, you wouldn't have anything that says, hey, I'm not responsible for your decisions if you quit your job or if you you know, do whatever. So you wouldn't have any of that kind of protection. Also, you wouldn't have protection of your intellectual property. So, you know, if someone that you're coaching or you're working with is in the similar industry, you want them to be able to use these tips for their business, but not as their business. But that's not going to be clear to people if you don't lay it out. The other thing is, and this is a huge problem that I see, is that the payment plans and payments aren't protected. So even if someone pays in full, that payment's not guaranteed because people are master fraudsters, especially in this online space. And they might issue what's called a chargeback with their credit card company where they'll say, oh no, this was fraud or I didn't get the product or whatever. And the bank, the credit card companies, no questions asked, going to give them their money back, but then they'll let you like Stripe lets you dispute that. But to win that Stripe, little impossible whatever i will say it's impossible i've had people do that to me before where you know they've taken entire courses and done the chargeback and i've proven everything i've proven their activity in the course and they still win it's like yeah i don't don't know how to win one of those cases yeah i mean i fought my first one honestly but they they have like certain requirements with like what the contract has to say and all these things Mm -hmm. and so it really depends um i have heard that stripe is better than like paypal is awful i've heard stripe is one of those better platforms but still you wouldn't even have a chance if you didn't have a contract Mm -hmm. and there's you know it's not so much or as oh it's never going to happen to me because i'm a good person it's more so what other people are going to do to try to take advantage of you or miscommunications with you and I'll be the first to say that like I use contracts to filter out bad vibes because if someone in the contract signing process is going to give you a hard time they're going to question you on everything they're going to be really demanding about your boundaries and like question you on all the boundaries that you set then that's a red flag that I wouldn't want to work with them and guess what you can bless them move on because you never signed the piece of paper so there's no commitment to work with them I've seen a lot of things happen like that where you you think someone one way online and then you get to that process and they're totally different and the beautiful thing about contracts is that the positive thing about it is that it allows you to set your boundaries up front so if you're afraid of confrontation or you don't like confrontation 
guess what? You don't have to have confrontation because you handled all of your boundaries and addressed them up front when the energy was positive and it's at the beginning stage and then you could just refer back to it. It's just all on a piece of paper that you slip them, you know, across the table, yeah. so to speak, and then it's there for reference. So you don't have to have like uncomfortable conversations and but your emotions and everything get into play. You have that contract established and helpful if anything does go wrong. It's so common, I think, for people to have that it's not going to happen to me uh, mindset. And especially because we start our businesses and generally they do take some time to get off the ground. And it is like generally a friendly situation for most people. You're working with people who are probably you know, around the same age, they have similar values and it does get really friendly in many circumstances. But the reality is like you are still running a business and there are so many people out there that unfortunately, or whether consciously or unconsciously will take advantage of that. Cause even with one of those stripe things, I am just mind blown now. Cause I didn't even know I needed to show my contract stripe. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but <laughs> we can talk about that off the air, but you know, even one thing like someone canceled their membership to the game changer collective and then disputed all of their payments for a totally different course and things like that like you know that's a mistake maybe on their end I'm not quite sure but either way like it's just the reality that when running a business and especially as you grow you know as you say beyond that kind of multiple six multiple seven figure um mark like every business show me a business in the world that doesn't run into disputes payments some kind of like legal pushback and I think what you're saying that is so powerful. You are really empowering yourself from the beginning when you just put those things in place to protect you. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily a barrier or anything. And it's not, I know for a lot of people, it can be a little intimidating, but really it is just to make the, it's to make life easier for you in the long run. Right. And the beautiful thing about contracts is that you can always be nicer than what your contract says. Yeah, if you your said contract that to me on says, call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like if you say, oh, I have a strict zero refund policy, but then someone comes to you and they're like, oh my God, my husband lost his job because of COVID. I lost my job. I need to hire an aunt, you know, all these things. You could be nice and be like, okay, yes, here, don't worry about my future payments, even though under the contract, you're supposed to pay me for all 12 months or whatever. Like, you know, I'll let you not pay the last six and, you know, you don't have to sue them or anything. Like nothing will have to happen, but it's good to have that protection for that one person who does really try to F with you. Because let me tell you, it only takes one person, one legal drama to totally ruin your day, to totally kill your vibe, to totally affect how you're showing up in the rest of your world. Like take it from me as a lawyer, we you outsource all of your stress to us and whoever I've dealt with, whether it's doing foreclosure law for people who lost their houses or people who, you know, were filing bankruptcy, all these things, whatever their legal problems were, were hands down the worst thing going on in their life at that yeah. point. And I would hate for you to get to that point where you just have one thing go wrong and one person screw you over. And, you know, you have to spend so much more money on a lawyer later on than being preventative up front and like really putting your best foot forward up front and trying to just be proactive about it. Yeah. So powerful. One thing you spoke about in that conversation was obviously it's an exchange of energy. And I know that you talk about energy a lot and protecting your energy, particularly and the fact that the CEO skills, the contracts, all of the work that you do really is there as a matter of helping people to show up in the best energy in their business. But energy is a conversation I have with lots of different guests on this podcast. And so many people come at 
it from a different perspective. What is energy for you? Like when you say protecting your energy, it's an exchange of energy. What is protecting your energy? So to me, it's not only your mental real estate, but it's your time. And that's what energy is to me. It's like your ability to take you out of the present moment. So if you're agreeing to do something for someone, that's, you know, a skill swap in that you'll be spending time on their issue. You'll be putting your present moment, taking a chunk away from your life of the beautiful world that you're, you know, have an opportunity to live in and play in and create in to help them. And so you need to have an exchange for that energy for you to, you know, even put any kind of attention towards helping them at all. It's more than just that one minute or that one hour phone call you're on with them. It's all of the time it takes for you to mentally prepare for it. It's all the time you take on the back end administratively to prepare for it. So that's what energy is to me. It's like that ability to, you know, your presence. Yes. Your presence, your, I love that you said like your attention in the present moment, which I will just admit, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, nature. (laughs) Just went up. (laughs) I love it. But okay. So then when, like, what are the best, I know, obviously this is what this whole conversation is about, but like, what are the best ways to, for people to essentially, obviously the contracts are one, obviously the CEO skills, but are there any other pieces of advice to really help new entrepreneurs in particular to protect their energy? Yeah. So, you know, just re-emphasizing, use a contract because that whole process of getting them to sign it and everything, you really get to know someone and the way they work with you. Like, do they read your emails? You know, things like that. Like, or do they just assume that you're their VA or something like that? Like, that is definitely a huge filter and protection for me is, you know, yeah. So using that like contract signing and negotiation process to figure um, out is a fit for me, but other ways to protect your energy is to be really mindful of, I know you might be in day one right now, but be really mindful of, is this sustainable? So that's what there, that's where CEO skills comes into play because if you feel like it's not sustainable because you're on this content creation hamster wheel or because you don't have any team members, you don't even know what to outsource, or you have zero systems, zero workflows, then that's not sustainable. And that's going to take up more of your energy later on because the further you go on down that path of just like winging it, you know, messy action gets you to a place. And then after a certain point, you're going to feel like the messy action is just turning your life into a mess. I've been there, yeah. trust me. Um, and so that's where you do want to like focus on these different departments and things like that, because it will help you in the long run, make sure that number one, your business is sustainable, but number two, it's like your energy isn't, it's not going to frustrate you. It's not going to um, make you resent your business or your clients or things like that. What's your like big, I know this is such a random question, but as you were talking then, I'm just so obsessed with like, you have such, you have such an energy and (laughs) what's your like big mission that you're on? Like, why is all of this stuff protecting your energy, helping people to build a sustainable business, protecting people from like the legalities? I don't see, keep saying legalities, like the legal issues that could happen in their business. But like, why is all of this so important to you? It's really important to me because I 
see this industry just at its start. You might feel like it's oversaturated now, but it's not like this injury. This industry has been around for just a couple of years and we are the pioneers. You know, this is the gold rush right now. So I'm essentially, my boyfriend always jokes, he's like, you're selling people shovels to the gold rush. I'm like, yeah, but not in a sleazy way. I'm selling yeah. it in a way to hopefully empower people because I've been on the other side. I've sat in the same room with like, you know, mayors and, and governors and people in high places. And I just didn't like their energy at all. And I just definitely don't feel like they are, like we said in the beginning, my ideal client. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there's such of, you know, there's a spiritual awakening in business and in the collective and all of these like new businesses are birthing and into life and all these spiritual and conscious businesses are coming into life. And it's unfortunate to think about how if people don't have these little protections or know these little t traditional things, it might really burn them later on. And so I'm coming from a place of just really trying to like shake some sense into people, but in a gentle way with no fluff, if that makes yeah. sense. Like not an abusive boyfriend, but like, you know, a like loving best a friend. big sister or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You almost made me cry then. Cause I feel like that is such a beautiful, a beautiful, vision really like we are at the beginning of something like this oh, this is gonna sound so corny but like this is the way of the future <laughs> Yay, I but, know. but you're so right like there are so many people and I've seen it like you know thankfully not so much in my community but I've definitely seen it being in this online space that businesses do get to a point where it just is completely unsustainable because I think the thing that we forget as well is like what we're building mostly here is lifestyle based businesses right these aren't you know entrepreneurial endeavors, which are going to require us to hustle 24 hours a day for the first few years and then hopefully sell for a major profit. Like we're building these businesses around us and we are the product and we are the visionary, the CEO, we're all the things. And of course we hire teams and, and get those systems around to support us. But really that it's like our own mini little legacy, right? But I just see so many people getting so burnt out so quickly because like you said, they just for so long are just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then, you know, after a while, there's just, there's too much stuff out there. They're just, they have no real clear direction. And then unfortunately I just do see so many people quit. And I think that also comes as well from not focusing on their own happiness. And like you say, their own energy and business, but yeah, it is really unfortunate. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right. And I think, you know, that, that side of things though, is, every, you know, everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. And I do think that even as a watcher, like a, an audience member of people who are sensing that burnout, you know, you can tell when people aren't showing up as much, your favorite creators. And it's really a lesson to help the people 
that they're lifting up to show them that like, hey, you do need to focus on making this sustainable because we all, I think, have created this business for more of a freedom lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I even started going into like CEO skills when I first created it was because I was so sick of feeling like I was working another job and not leading a business. And so by organizing myself and taking like a couple of steps backward to take 10 steps forward was the best thing I could have done. And I think, you know, everything going on, especially during this time with COVID and everything, like um, it's a beautiful time with everything going on with COVID and everything to really put your head down and take that time to reflect on your systems, on your business and how you can bring some of that freedom lifestyle back to you. Even if you feel constrained, like you can't go travel or you can't do things, you know, we are very fortunate that we are building our businesses during this time in general. And also that it's, you know, the perfect time to put your head down and grind so that you can build that freedom-based business leader. So beautiful. Can I, just one more question, because I feel like a lot of people ask, uh, or, you know, you hear all the time, there's a big difference between working in your business versus working on your business. And I've been asked this question a lot as well, And for me, it's always been quite an intuitive thing, but what is the big difference between working on your business versus working in your business? Like what are some really practical distinctions between the two? So anytime that you're focusing on your plans for the year or for the quarter or how you plan to reach your goals, that's working on your business, not in your business. When you're sitting down to actually create content, that's working in your business. When you're answering emails, that's working in your business. But in those moments where you feel like you are taking a big picture view of your business, you're sitting down with your goals, with your thoughts, your intuition, you might be journaling, you might be you know, for me, it's taking out, I have this one notebook where I bring out like my favorite colored markers. And I know I'm, it's like an intimate date with myself when I sit down with this notebook and I could just talk, think about and brain dump ideas. That's working on my business. When I'm sitting at my computer, that's working in my business. I hope that makes sense with yeah. some of you. Maybe you'll just know what I mean because you probably experience the same thing. Like I'm sure we all have our favorite notebooks, our favorite pen. Like we're all kind of that, you know, back to school kind of, um, yeah. entrepreneur I feel yeah. like in this space so then I think okay because so then a lot of people talk about the goal is to be like only working on your business versus in your business like for me the thing that comes up is like I wouldn't be doing anything then you know if it's like more just about like the goals and the dreams and all of that like I don't know whether it's the sort of masculine focused hustle culture that we're a part of it but I hear a lot of people being like all you want to do is work on your business but I think that that brings a lot of fear to a lot of people because they feel like they would lose control completely if all they were doing is ideating. Yeah. And I think that's a really big generalization because I don't really know anyone that does that. Even people like Elon Musk do things in their their business. business. Like they go to meetings and stuff. So I think what it really means is that, you know, if it's, you can work in your business, but make sure it's something that either brings you joy or is a revenue generating activity. Like for me, content creation is not something I would ever give up. Maybe content repurposing is something I'd give up, like, you know, turning my posts into a blog post into, you know, my podcast episodes into a blog post onto Pinterest. Like that stuff is things that I'll give up and I have a VA for, but I love sitting down and actually outlining the content and actually sitting in Canva. It's something that brings me a lot of joy. So I'm still working in my business, even though I don't technically have to. 
Yeah. And that was the big intuitive piece for me when I said, you know, for me, it's quite intuitive before. And what I've always been to working for the piece, you've hit the nail on the head. I think for me anyway, is like, brings you joy. Like it's fine to actually like do the work or whatever you classify to be work. Like I love recording these podcasts, making the videos, doing the content, very similar to what you're saying. And it's like, I know this is cliche to say that doesn't feel like I'm working at all. So essentially the goal we're getting towards, right. As you said, is like, that you're only really doing things in your business that bring you joy slash sort of make you money, but as a byproduct of the things that bring you joy. And that ultimately is leading to the sustainability of your business. Exactly. I think you said that beautifully. I couldn't have said it better myself. I loved this so much. Honestly, I'm just such a big fan because here's the thing, like my messaging, even in the last sort of six months to year has changed so much towards that exact focus, like really just bringing joy in your business. But I know that even I sometimes can have a bit of a naive approach to it. Like there are systems and there are processes that need to be put in place to actually scale your business with the focus of being joy. It's not just about denying everything else and only doing the things that light you up. And I think that it's like in this circumstance, you are really, really showing that there are ways that you can do that so that you can get to the point where your business is just another place of total pleasure for you rather than, you know, work or you have to do it. Thank you. And yes, that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal for all of us. But even as a mission driven business, that's my goal for all of you too, is just give you guys the tools, you know, even if you never pay me a dollar, if you just consume my free content, I always try to show up with value because I truly believe in a karmic energy exchange that will come up, you know, by me being able to, um, by me showing up every day and just creating and and doing things that bring me joy i truly feel that i will be um replenished and there will be an energy exchange for that and i i love when i see other conscious entrepreneurs coming from the same mindset and you can really tell someone's energy through you know just interactions with them conversations with them so if i have to leave you with one takeaway advice piece it would be just talk to the people in your community try to collaborate with people, try to make friends with people, even if you never ever um, go into it with the expectation that they become a client or anything, you never know what beautiful thing can come from that. And um, that to me is like the biggest joy I can have in this business is having a community that I'm friendly with that I'm, you know, there is that kind of blurred boundary between um, business and friendship. But that's the beautiful thing, because the thing that didn't bring me joy at all was when I was working with real estate developers and people who just sucked my energy so oh my god i love you you're gonna make me cry (laughs) um tell us a little bit more about ceo skills like what have you got going on what where can people find you all of that fun stuff thank you so thank you so much for having me um you can find me at instagram on at on Instagram at Nina the Lawyer. Um, I'm always happy to connect with you via DM. Unfortunately, due to legal ethics rules, I can't give specific legal advice in the DMs, but I'm always happy to point you in the right direction um, if you have any questions at all. Um, and I'm just always happy to connect with people, like I said. And as far as CEO skills goes, I am running this mentorship program. It's a group hybrid program. So it has one-on-one access to me with a whole encyclopedia of course material, guest expert workshops. But most importantly to me is the group 
container. I really try to suss out everyone's energy when I accept them into the group. And I'm so happy and thrilled that most of the people who joined this round, actually all the people who joined this round are conscious spiritual entrepreneurs as well. Um, I am going to be offering this program once a quarter. So if you're listening to this podcast after the launch date has happened um, in October, 2020, don't worry, I'm always going to be putting out free content whenever I'm launching it about these topics and I will be launching it again. So just reach out and let me know if you have any questions about that program as well or with my contract template shop as well. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything. I just cannot even thank you enough for all the value that you've delivered on this podcast and all the value that you deliver on the ins on the Instagram. Oh my God, I'm like a hundred years old <laughs> on the Instagram. Like, even though, as you mentioned, like you were a client of mine back in 2019, like I still go on your Instagram and learn so much. And I think that is the beauty of, like you said, these relationships in business, that it is an ever growing cycle. And I think when you kind of, you know, when we all drop the ego a little bit, learning that every single person that comes across your path, you can learn something from and that you can take away from and we're all just collectively trying to help each other make this is going to sound super corny but make this world a better yes exactly and make your dreams turn into a reality so thank you so much you have been such an important part in my journey um and i'm so happy to hear that i've been able to deliver some value and reciprocate that that's what this is all about so i really appreciate you having me on and i really appreciate all of the people in the audience who become part of my community after this. So like I said, feel free to reach out. I'm, I have an open door policy. So I look forward to hearing from some of you. Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. Listening back to that episode was just mind blowing. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one a couple of times. And I honestly recommend that you do the same because there was so much actionable advice in there that, like we said at the end, really is getting you to the point of total freedom. Sometimes it can feel like hiring team or placing systems within your business or especially working on the legal stuff is constricting and it's taking you away from the creative work. But really what it's doing is actually freeing you up the time so that you don't have to have these hassles. Like Nina said, you know, it can take one legal dispute to really ruin your day and to really put a bad taste in your mouth around your business. And if you've got those contracts in place and if you've got those systems in place to handle that ahead of time, you're setting yourself up for success and for simplicity, which again, you know, I'm all about. All right. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I mentioned, please go check Nina out. She has some incredible, incredible content on her Instagram specifically. She teaches a lot of stuff and gives a lot of value away over there. As well as if you are looking for a contract, she has her contract shop and of course her CEO skills course. So please go check her out. Go say hi, say that you came from the episode. And I, of course, really, really appreciate you hanging out with us today. You are amazing. You are a superstar and I will see you in the next episode. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.